News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk. Now, a few days ago, we were talking about uh, the new initiative to bring in harsher prison sentences for those convicted of antisocial behaviour, and we had a discussion about what might be the best approach to try and keep kids on the straight and narrow. Well, didn't we get a call from Anne Rabbit, Junior Minister of the Department of Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth, because she told us that such a project um, that we mentioned in passing, the Icelandic Planet Youth Project, is actually underway. Anne Rabbit, good morning. Good morning, Pat, and thank you for having me and thank you for um, uh, giving me the opportunity to share with you about the, the Planet Youth. So yeah, because we, we, we were talking generally about schemes, wraparound schemes and how much they'd cost and how they'd be done, who'd take responsibility for them. These are pilots that are already in action. Absolutely, Pat. And the most wonderful part about it is the Planet Youth, the Icelandic model that is done in God with me or Roscommon with Emmett Major who, who will speak to it himself later on. But it's also, I've seen it rolled out there in Fingal. I've seen it in the Cavan Monaghan area. What's it all about? I, I met it first as a parent uh, with yeah. uh, first year going into Portona Community School where I was giving my hand out my pack where we were to support our kids with sweet sleep and well-being, mobile phone coverage and everything else. And why is all that is so that the parents could work as a herd to yeah. actually ensure that we... That everyone's working off the, the same hymn sheet. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then I suppose then my... First year, who has now done TY, has already completed an online report, which we the school will soon be getting its feedback, where it actually tells you the voice of the child, which I always advocate for. Yeah. What the kids feel is missing in their community, what their experience of life is, and how we as policymakers, I, I put myself there, what we should be doing to shape that for them. OK, now, it's available in certain parts of the country. Yes. What's the plan? Well, the plan would be that I would like to see it continue first and foremost um, in, in where it is, but I'd love to see it expanded and rolled out further. I think the data that Planet Youth gathers is phenomenal. But when you look to the Icelandic model, what it has done there, that's what we should be aspiring to. All right. Now, Emmett Major is coordinator of Planet Youth for Galway, Mayo, Roscommon. And I'm bombarded with uh, lots of print that you have uh, given me to have a look Swamish at, but also it's stuff that uh, you use in the course of your work. So outline what Planet Youth actually does, because all we heard was kind of a wraparound early intervention service uh, for children who might be at something of a disadvantage. Well, it's a bit more than that, in fact. Um, so it's a it's a model, a primary prevention model, it's called, it was developed by the Icelandic um, Centre for Social Research and Analysis quite a number of years ago in Reykjavik, out of Reykjavik University. Um, and it was brought in in Iceland because they had a very, very big problem around substance use and, uh, I suppose, antisocial behaviour. Big, big problems all summer long downtown Reykjavik. Uh, they had the highest underage substance use rates in the world at the time. They had to look around to see what seemed to be working elsewhere they could use to address that and found there was very little that seemed to be working in this space. So they came up with this preventative model. So instead of saying we're, we're going to go down there and, and fix that problem, we will present, prevent this problem arising again. They took a long view, though. A long because view, absolutely. You know, the, the sticking plaster, plaster approach is what normally, normally you know, we need. You know, round up the, the, the kids, lock them up, uh, whatever, uh, and that'll solve the problem. But if there's another generation of kids coming up who are going to do exactly the same thing, yeah. the Icelandic said, OK, we may have lost 
the current bunch, but we're not going to lose the next bunch. That's very much the idea. So the way that this whole thing operates is data driven. Right. So we do a big, big survey in all schools in our region. So it's 91 schools and centres in Galway Mayor was coming all participate since 2018, October 2018. We've done the Planet Youth Survey. Um, which is designed to look at the risk and protective factors in the lives of these kids, right? So what's going on in their lives in all areas, right? So life at home, life in school, life online, their physical activity, their hobbies, their sports, negative life events, how their mental health is, resilience, stress, it's all asked about. So it's a very detailed survey. It takes them nearly an hour to fill in. Um, and what we're trying to find out is risk and protective factors. Where can we develop interventions in four big areas to make a change for the kids coming behind, right? So one yeah. is parents and family. That's the first and foremost. That's a big area. Their school experience is big, right? But we're quite good in the school space here in Ireland, actually. Uh, the other one then would be their peer group. Broadly speaking, can you bring influence to bear there? If their friends are doing it, they're going to do it. So yeah. you have to be able to bring influence there. And another big one, and one that they've invested in hugely in Iceland, is their leisure time. So what are they doing in their spare time? What are they doing that interests them to keep them going, that structured, supervised activities? Not like, in other words, if you've got a choice of things to do, and one is... Um, taken a, a hammer to that tree that has just been planted by the parks department or the other is something that you really like doing. Yeah. The thing is to give them the choice of doing the something they really like the doing. pro-social activity, they would say. And use the kind of the jargon of it all. Yeah, pro-social activity. <laughs> so what they found over this time in Iceland, right? So they, they did. They've driven down their substance use rates to now the lowest in the world. They've kept them the lowest for the last decade. Other things change that they don't talk about as much as they would have closed their juvenile treatment centre, their detention, juvenile detention centre is gone. Um, crime is down, bullying's down, time spent with parents is up, physical activity is up, wow. school engagement is up. So all <laughs> these other positive outcomes by taking the same approach, right? Now, it's first and foremost known as a substance use prevention model. But out west, um, what we are doing is really looking at health and well-being of our young people in the round uh, more than just their substance use. We have a big substance use problem with our young people, by the way, because we have very, very high rates for binge drinking and so on. Mm -hmm. But um, we also have other issues we can use the same approach to address, like physical activity, sleep is a huge issue, mental health is poor. Now, everything I'm saying sounds very negative, but there's lots of good news in our data and lots of really positive stuff to build on. OK, now, when did this start in the your pilot The first survey programs? was in October 2018, right? Um, 5,000 young people took part across the 91 schools and centres. That's gathering information. At 15 and 16 years old, post-junior cert on okay. their return to school. 5,000 of them, yeah. Now, when did you start to intervene? Because uh, some of these uh, documents that you've given me, we'll start with, with the, the earliest pamphlet that... Well, that's the one on your right there, Pat. So that's the first thing that was developed after the first survey results. So we said we need to talk to OK, but, but that's the one that was developed. But now let's just cut yes. to what people get now, how early they oh, get this. Oh, right the way back. So that's the new one you're looking at. That's been yeah. going for just over 18 months now. So all of the junior infant parents incoming in our patch, right, get a simple booklet every year at the start of the school year. So it's October, November, really, for them. So about six and a half thousand of those go out through 440 national schools. And it brings information from the survey back to the parents of kids who are four, five and six. And what we're saying is, now is the time, really, that you need to start okay, thinking so about. So this is structure, about structure, uh, trying to encourage parents with yeah, structure. Absolutely. It's called Parent Power, this one. Uh, and it uh, talks about family time, some things to do together, regular family meals, take an interest in their friends and in their schoolwork, play together, try traditional board games even. When times are busy, use a car ride to talk, uh, try out new hobbies and sports, make a regular family night. Some people say, oh, sure, we're doing that already. Many people don't do any of those things or only do some of them. 
Yeah. And you're nodding your head. I, I agree, Pat. And sometimes that the likes of that pamphlet is a welcome addition to some parents who might actually need to know what that structure looks yeah. like. But but Johnny, he doesn't go to bed until nine and you're asking me to go to bed at eight. We, we know that uh, call. Mm. But there are guidelines for bedtimes in the second section here. First class, 7.45. Second class, eight. Up to sixth class, nine o'clock. Junior mm. infants, 7.15. Uh, bedtime routine uh, recommendations. Recommendations on screen time. Then there's a section on sports and hobbies. Uh, and, and it goes on. So this, they get this very early on. Now, that's let's right. park that one because sure. that's brand new and that'll be going out. This one, uh, which is the one you refer to, guidelines for, for parents. Yeah, so that's one of the first things we started with and it, that was in September 2019. So at the time, now things have changed a little bit because of COVID, but at the time, almost all schools do a first-year parent induction night, right? So those were given out as packs. So there's a be- there's a little pamphlet, a little booklet, there's a fridge magnet that has bedtimes and screen times that goes with that as well. And what we're basically saying, it's the same messaging as in the, the earlier booklet. So it's the importance of communicating with our teens as they grow up. We see big problems around sleep. Uh, one of the other key things is to keep them going in hobbies and sports because they tend to fall out. It doesn't have to be sports, by the way, as long as they're engaged in a structured activity that interests yeah. them. It doesn't have to be sports. They don't show up in the substance use rates. We talk a little bit about alcohol use here, vaping, smoking. Depends on you know the latest survey. We, we do change that book a little bit, uh, update it as the survey shows us. But one of the big issues we're seeing in our data really is around, yeah, the two key messages are the sleep, get on top of that, try and get the screens out of the bedrooms. And there's one thing, when you're giving the phones at 12, at 13, that's the rule, right? That it's charged in the kitchen, it's charged, you know, in the hallway, it's never in the bedroom at night. And that is a, that is one of the key preventable problems that we're seeing in the data is lack of sleep in our young people. 56% of them sleeping seven hours or less at the moment. In terms of the survey results too about the number of people who've been drunk in the past year, the yeah. number of people who've yeah. tried cannabis. Yeah, that's oh. the other key message, Pat, that we do tend to give. In the first survey, by the way, in 2018, October 2018, 26% of these 15 and 16 year olds reported being drunk in the last month. It is not uncommon. This is around junior start results time. So this is you know, this is the, one of the big nights that these kids tend to start drinking. Now, in 2020, December 2020, during COVID, that, that had dropped to 20%, which is still quite impressive because of the restrictions that would have been house parties, mm. bush drinking, that kind of stuff. Our current survey, which has just finished last November and the reports will be out this month, has gone back up to 30. So we've gone 26 to 20 to 30 across the region of Gaumier was common, drunk in the last month. So that is one of our big problems. And that's the thing, the key message we've been trying to okay. get to parents. Now, you, you've got lots of information here, your school survey, uh, your county report and so on. That is collating all the information. The question is then, I mean, the two booklets I talked about are for parents to get them to implement things at home. Very important. But the deficits then, how do you address these core activities that the kids want to do and there's no facility. How do you do that? And that's where the money comes in. Indeed, Pat. So most of what we've done up until now is really sort of low-hanging fruit to a degree. Now, that's not that they're not important because they're hugely important. I mean, the parents are the most important element in, in this, really and truly they are. But So we've done a lot in terms of this parental space of intervention the schools one we're improving we're improving the school reports are fabulous they're really good information for SPHE and well-being and all sorts of SSE and uh, DESH reasons that schools can find these reports useful there's a company and website that goes that so we've done quite a lot with the schools we've done very little so far with the peer group bit and very very little with the leisure time bit because it does take quite a bit of thinking about quite a bit of planning 
Um, even in Iceland, for example, there would have been some structural changes they made around what kids, what happens after school. Kids don't go home; they go off to do stuff yeah. together. And so there's there's a lot of thinking that has to happen around that. They have an amazing scheme in Iceland called their leisure card scheme, where everybody's actually they get a little bursary, four hundred euros roughly every year, to do stuff to spend on sports and hobbies, which is being talked about here, being batted around a bit. And the is, numbers is, get is very that scary, a, a voucher system? Because yeah. if you've got 400 euro, you might be no. down to the of license. <laughs> well, you know? it's, very, it's a voucher system and it can only be spent within the circular okay. system. So it's spent online. You can spend it on sports and hobbies only and so on and so forth. So it's not money that's ever lost, but the numbers add up fast. So it's quite mm-hmm. scary when you, when you look at it for an, as a national programme. But the thing about this type of approach is preventative approach the return on investment is huge. You know, you're, yeah. you're getting eight euros back for every euro you put in down the line in health. In the problem justice. is that you spend uh, the euro now to get the eight euros yeah. back some days yes, you know, yes, uh, yes. beyond the horizon. Be 10 years, and that's always 20. the problem for yeah. politicians, mm-hmm. isn't it? Absolutely. Trying to invest now for a reward that another political party will reap the benefit from, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, um, but I suppose really, Pat, what I would be looking for here is I can you can see the value of when Emmett uses the word my patch, that's Galway Mayo and Rathcommon. We're very benefited to have such rich data so as the teachers and the parents can actually drive a particular narrative. I genuinely think with the, the, the formation of the new department within Antishocks, I do genuinely think we should expand my patch to right across the, the country to gather this rich data so as we can move to the peer groups, so as we can move to see that we have equity of access of sports clubs. And that doesn't always mean all GA. It could yeah. be yoga, yoga, it could be music, it could be whatever. So as the children are aware that there's a choice to be supported. But in the yeah. end term, I do believe we need to look at ensuring that we have adequate um, youth workers to support people yeah. in their communities. Uh, the main thing seems to be uh, to, to give the, the kids alternatives that they really want to embrace rather than stuff that people are telling them, you you know, football this afternoon, out you go. Yeah, and, and that's we need to listen to the voice of the child. We need to listen to what that data is telling us and we need to respond and build policy on as opposed to you cannot do it without the data. You cannot send funding in without knowing what you're funding and meeting the needs of. And to be honest with you, if we learn, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. They've done it in Iceland. We just need to take it on board and expand what Emmett and his colleagues are doing in the other two regions. Thank you very much, both of you, for joining us. Uh, Anne Rabbit, uh, Minister of State at the Department of Health and at the Department of Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth. Your letterhead must be enormous. <laughs> <laughs> and Emmett Major, Coordinator of Planet Youth for Galway, Mayo and Roscommon. Thank you both. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.